Well, I'm going to quit getting up here telling y'all what I'm going to do next week because it never pans out that way. So I guess I'm hard or hard-headed or hard to learn or whatever. So I'm not, I'm not going to tell you where I plan to be next week because uh, when I plan something, it doesn't work out because God changes it. So we're going to follow his lead. How about that? But I have, I, I, I really, something's been on my heart all week about what to share. And I've, I've uh, made mention to you several times that my most, one of my more favorite characters in the Bible is Job. Is Job. And I think that uh, the circumstances surrounding Job's life are very fitting for us here in the present situation that we're in. So this morning I would like to visit Job chapter 1 and, and just reflect on the circumstances that Job was in and try to encourage each and every one of us as we battle through our circumstances and we try to remain faithful through our circumstances that we have an example in scripture of how to deal with those circumstances we have an example and that example is Job and there's other examples in scripture of dire circumstances and 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 trials and tribulations in our life but man I love the example in Job and God kept laying Job on my heart this week. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Is we're, going to, we're going to reflect a little bit on Job. But before we do, let's go to the, the Father in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you once again. And ask for your blessing on this service. Father, we ask for your blessing on this church, on this church family. Lord, you know our circumstances. Father, we ask that you just reach down and pour out your healing power on this church. On this church family. And all those round about us, Father, that are dealing with circumstances, whether it be illness or, or something else. Father, we ask that you draw near. Lord, that, that you be that rock in which we stand on. Even though it feels like, Father, it's a lose-lose situation, we know that through you it's a win-win situation. Give us that faith. Pour out your mercy and your grace on us. And hold us up through this trying time. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So turn with me this morning to Job Chapter 1. Job chapter 1. And <clears throat> we're going to dive into this pretty quick, but I just felt it very fitting to look at Job. 
Job. Golly, mom, I wish I had the patience of Job. I wish I had the faith of Job. But let's get started because I can get off on a rabbit trail. Job chapter 1, verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright. Now I'm going to read through this and I'm gonna, then I'm going to go back and pick out a few scriptures that I want to elaborate on. Okay, So I'm going to go through this whole thing and then I'll go back uh, and make my points. <clears throat> whose name was Job and that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each one his appointed day, and would, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would sin and sanctify them. And he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him? around his household and around all that he has on every side. You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from his, the presence of the Lord now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabaeans raided them and took them away, indeed they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels and took them away, yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell on the young people and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe and shaved his head and fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's wound and naked shall I return there. 
The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this did not in all this Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Now, we read through that very fast, but I'm sure that that little passage there is nothing that you're unfamiliar with. And here we we have an example of someone who has just gone through a disaster. A personal disaster. His circumstances went from wonderful to horrible in an instant. And we are no different from Job. We are not promised not to have circumstances in our life. Bad circumstances. Dire circumstances. And here we see an example of an attitude in Job that we are supposed to to have. We are supposed to remain with the attitude that we understand and know that God is in complete control. And that His will is far above our will and His will is perfect. And that's what we see here in Job. Now, as we read the book of Job and we have information about Job that, that uh, he did not have, the main character Job lost all that he had through no, no fault of his own. We're told he's an upright man. So he, he, didn't, he didn't actually do anything to deserve these circumstances. As he struggled to understand why all this was happening to him, it became clear that he was not meant to know the reasons. Just like we are not meant to know the reasons when circumstances go on in our lives. But we want to know, don't we? Our nature... Our nature, that's the first thing we, we, we whine, isn't it? But we're not meant to know the reasons. Job would have to face life with the answers and explanations unknown, just like we do. Only then would his faith fully develop. The same thing applies to you and me. When we are in these dire circumstances and, and try, the, what does the Bible say about our faith? The fiery trials of our faith. They're to grow us. They're to develop us. They're to build us. They're to strengthen us. Same thing here. We must experience life as Job did. One day at a time. Without all the answers. Like Job, we must trust in God no matter what. Do we do that? When these circumstances come upon us, isn't it natural that we want to question God's sovereignty? We want to question God's will for us? But we've got to guard against that. And we guard against that by staying 
fed on his word and in prayer. And, and feeding our relationship with him so that our faith is strong enough to endure circumstances. Job was called blameless and upright because he feared God. He respected, worshipped, and obeyed him. At the same time, he shunned evil. He did not allow sin to creep into his life or temptation to overcome him. Being a good person means both loving God and obeying His laws. Job made the effort to please God and not man. As we see calamity and suffering come upon Job, we must remember that we have and live in a fallen world. A world where good behavior is not always rewarded. And bad behavior is not always punished. We see that, don't we? When we see uh, an example of a notorious criminal who, who gets away with something, we think he gets away with something. In, in the world's eyes, he gets away with something. We must remember that God is the final judge. As those things came across, that we read here just a minute ago as those things came against Job's family and the, those that came and killed and, and took away we didn't see Job lash out at them did we but all we can assume is that he remained faithful and that his attitude was in the right place I want to skip now I want to, I want to, I want to go back to verse 5 it says, so it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them. Talking about his kids. And he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. Now, it is not known for sure, but Job probably lived during the time of, of our patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, before God gave his written law and appointed priests to be religious leaders. During Job's day, the father was the family's religious leader. Aren't we supposed to be the family's religious leader, men? Because there were no priests to instruct him in God's laws, Job acted as, as the priest and offered sacrifices to God as forgiveness for the sins he and his family had committed or potentially had committed. This demonstrated that Job did not consider himself sinless. Job did this out of conviction and a love for God. Not just because it was the role that he had as head of the house, but let me do you carry out your spiritual responsibility for your household? Do we as leaders of our homes, men, carry out the, the role and responsibility as the leader, the spiritual leader of our household? I, I, I would like to tell you that I think I do. But I'm sure that I don't do it like I'm supposed to. You say, well, you're the pastor. 
Doesn't matter. I'm still a man. I'm just a man. And I can always do better. I can always do better. But, but Job understood the, the fallen nature of man. And, and, and understanding that, he, he understood that there was probably sins being committed in his household. And he was diligent to offer those sacrifices as a remission for sin that was going on under his authority. His authority. Job showed a deep concern for the spiritual welfare of his children. Somebody in your house has got to show a, a, a concern for the spiritual welfare of your family. Somebody ha has got to stand up and lead that spiritual life inside the family unit. You want to know why our country is where it is today? Because men hadn't been what they're supposed to be. Don't blame it on the government. Don't blame it on anybody else but the leaders of the homes. Because that's where the buck stops. Fathers hadn't been fathers. Husbands hadn't been husbands. Men haven't been men. Godly men. Job is an example of a godly man. Job is an example of what we're supposed to be to our families. Job seems to be doing everything right at this point. But we're going to see that it does not keep trial and tribulation from coming into your life. Verse 6 says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. Now, I want to point out something right here. The Bible speaks of other heavenly councils where God and angels, or the sons of God, plan their activities on earth and where the angels are required to give an account of themselves. You can find it in 1 Kings, uh, and, and there's a couple of other places as well. Because God is creator of all angels, both all those who serve Him and, and of those who rebelled have to fall under God's authority. You hear that? Yeah. Yeah. All angels... Satan and demons fall under God's authority. Don't lose sight of that. Sometimes we lose sight of that. Sometimes we have the thought that, that Satan can just do whatever he wants to do. That he has the same power as God and that is false. That his demons have the power given to him, given by him, and that he has all power and that it's false. He can't touch anybody or anything that God doesn't allow. They fall under His authority. Now, Satan, let's, let's, let's talk about that a moment. Satan, originally an angel of God, became, a, became corrupt through his own pride. 
He has been evil since his rebellion against God. You can read about that in 1 John. Satan considers God as his enemy. He tries to hinder God's work and his people. But he is limited. He is limited by God's power and can do only what is permitted. Look with me at Luke 22. Luke verse 22. Verse 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he, he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. He told, he told him. He said he wants you. He's asked for you. Now, I would like to think that I'm not very important and that Satan hadn't asked for me, but he had. He's asked for each and every one of us. And he, 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 I, there's no telling how many times he has asked that he can attack each and every one of us. And isn't it rewarding and, and re, can't you rejoice knowing that, that he has to ask Jesus for permission to visit you? And that Jesus stands between him and you. Now, as we see here in Job, that doesn't mean that he won't be allowed to try you. To test you. We see that here in Job. But if you are his, and he is king of your life, he is going to supply you with the grace and mercy necessary to withstand the wiles of the devil. Because he has promised that not one of his is going to get away, didn't he? So if that is true, you can throw your chest out and say, bring it on, Satan. Because I am his. He's not going to let me get away. But we get in these circumstances in our lives and, and the, at some point or another, all circumstances initially feel like they're very severe, don't they? In a lot of ways, we're, we're weak. But, but we get in these circumstances, and the first thing we think about is, what am I going to do? Instead of, Father, what would you have me to do? Father, I'm giving these circumstances to you. That you may guide me and lead me through them. Give me the faith and the courage and the strength to endure them. And use them in my life to build my faith, to, to, to strengthen me and encourage me to be what you would have me to be. But if you're like me, the first thing you do is get on a pity trip. 
Oh, poor pitiful me. Why in the world would the Lord let this happen? Why me? What did I do to deserve this? Job didn't do anything to deserve it. You may not have done anything to deserve it. It may just be time for you to grow. And I got news for you, growing's painful. Anybody remember as a kid when you, when you were going having growing pains? They hurt, don't they? I remember I, I had them so bad in my legs, I'd lay on the couch at night and ain't married she, for hours. She'd just rub my legs. And they hurt. Christians have growing pains. And those growing pains come from the circumstances that are in our life that are, that are put in our lives to build us up. Growing pains. Man, they hurt. Job. All right. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? And so Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and forth on, on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Now watch, watch, watch this next verse. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? What was he thinking? He threw Job under the bus. Oh. He didn't throw Job on the bus because he knew that he was going to pour out whatever it took for Job to stand. He knew that he was going to see Job through. Just like he saw Mary Jane through, just like he saw Jenny through, just like he saw, he saw Sister through, each and every one of us through the circumstances that we've been through. He knew that, he was going to, he, that Job was going to stand. Because he was going to give him the faith and the courage to withstand. He said, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth? A blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Job was a model of trust and obedience to God. Yet God permitted Satan to attack him in an especially harsh manner. Harsh manner. Don't you think it's harsh? Lost everything. Although God loves us, believing and obeying Him does not shelter us from life's calamities. We'd like to believe it does, don't we? We would like to believe that because we're saved that now we're in this bubble. And we're protected from all this mess that, that goes on around us. And we're protected from circumstances, trials, and tribulations, but we're not. We're not. But what we do have now, because we are born again, we do have the power to, to have the right attitudes to withstand all those trials and tribulations with the right attitude and give glory to God. Setbacks, tragedies, Sorrows strike Christians and non-Christians alike. But in our tests and trials, God expects us 
to express our faith to the world. The world, of, we, we've talked about this time and time again, the world is watching. The world is watching how you and I endure and go through our trials and tribulations. That's why we don't have to tell people we're children of God. Because when we go through and endure these trials and tribulations with the right attitudes and the right way, nobody has to tell them. There's something different about the child of God. There's just something different. How in the world can those people go through what they're going through? How are they not cursing God and angry? Have you ever heard anybody say that? Or maybe thought that? Yes, we have. Look at the situation across the ocean. It looks desperate and dire. It is desperate and dire. But I'm going to tell you something. God's got a remnant. And as, as bad as the persecution that they may be facing and going through is, He will hold them up. We aren't promised not to have that persecution. Not to live in those circumstances. And, and like I told you last week, you better buckle up, buttercup, because uh, it's, coming, it's coming to the homeland. It's what, this, that's why it's ever more important that, that we have prepared our spiritual, our spiritual person to be ready. To be ready for what we could face. You say, well, I don't know if I'll ever be ready. Well, I've had those thoughts too. I've had those thoughts too. But I'm going to tell you something, just like Job. You think Job, you think Job would, would have stood up and said, send it all on, God, I'm ready for it. Absolutely not. You think Job would have said, take all my kids, take all that you've given me and just... Just wipe it away just, just so I can show you my faith. No. Job was a man too. Job was, was a natural being. He was a fallen creature. He was a descendant from, from Adam. His nature was just like mine and yours. I'm sure there's no way in the world Job would have opened his arms and said, I'll, I'm ready. Our natural person never thinks we're ready for these type things. Nor does it ever welcome them. That's why we have strength in Him. That's why we can depend on Christ and what was done on the cross. To give us that strength and that courage and that faith to withstand the trials and tribulations. Verse 9, so Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? He had, Satan attacked Job's motives, just like he attacks mine and your motives. He, was, he said, he's saying, was Job blameless and upright only because he had 
He had no reason. Job had everything that a man could. I mean, he was blessed. And Satan is sitting there going, well, he, he thinks so much of you because he's got everything. He's got thousands of sheep and a wonderful family and land. He's the greatest man in the East. Well, of course he thinks you're great. But he said, uh, I know Job better. I know Job's heart. That's not, that's, that's not Job's motives. What's our motives? What's our motives? But he attacked Job's motives. Ever since Job had started following God, everything he had had gone well. Satan wanted to prove that Job worshipped God not out of love, but because of what he had given him that was so much. Satan accurately analyzed why many people trust God. We see that today, don't we? Motives are wrong. They're fair-weather believers. There's no, there's no better time than right now. In the circumstances that we're living in in this day and age to see this. I'm telling you, I've seen this more in the last months on a daily basis than I've ever noticed it before. They're fair-weather believers. They're rock solid on the march for God's cause as long as things are going well. But the, the moment one iota of tri trial or tribulation comes into their life, the doubt springs out. And they start turning to means that are man's means instead of God's means. And stop depending on God and start depending on the things of this world. I'm, I'm telling you, it's all around us. Just open your eyes. It's all around us. Just open your eyes. Fair weather believers. We can't be what God's called us to be and be a fair weather believer. Either you're a believer or you're not. Period. And if you are, you have got to draw your strength through your circumstances from Him. And as tough as it is, and as dire as the situation may be, you've got to glorify Him through it all. Through all. The bad and the good. And you have to trust that His will is perfect. And that He's going to use these trials and tribulations in your life to glorify Himself, not just in you or in your family or in your church, but throughout. You, know, you can't put a pin on, on, on how trials and tribulations, in your, how far out they affect people. Especially this day and age where we have social media. We have 
all kinds of, of means of communication. People, you hear about things from other sides of the world that quick. So when God's doing things in our lives, we don't have any idea who it's going to affect. It's not just about you. But our nature wants us to think it's just about us, don't we? Job could have gotten on a pity trip. I mean, I can't even imagine. Can you, I mean, can you imagine him sitting there and, and this one coming through the door telling him this and then seconds later this one coming through the door and saying, well, this has happened. And then uh, right behind him is another one. This has happened. I'm, I'm sure he was like, what in the world? But he never lost sight of what? Who was in control. He never lost sight of who was in control. We can't lose sight of who's in control. Verse 12, And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. God is your protection. He is the only thing that keeps us. If he decided to remove his hand from you, Satan would take you out just like that. I've told you the story. Job right here. Is, was the scripture that God enlightened me years ago. I was going through a situation at a workplace and, and, and it had gone on and gone on and it was horrible. It, it, was, it was horrible to, to, to endure. To the point that I was getting physically sick. Until God woke me up to this right here. That, that, and that was that, son, they can take your job. They can take your bank account. They can take your home. They can take your car. They can take all your possessions, but they can't take you. Because you are mine. You're mine. I had to be woke up to that. And when I realized that, I got peace. I got peace. Because they can't pluck me, or you if you're a child of God, they can't pluck us away from out of His kingdom. All this stuff down here is just temporary, even this life. Even this life. And they, it can all be taken away from us. Except one thing. Hey. That's your salvation. That's your salvation. It's firm. It's solid. It's forever. Well, if, 
this life is temporary and the next one is eternal, what am I worried about? Amen? And we all lose sight of that. Why? Because we live in this world. Because we don't know the next one yet. Even though we've, we have a description of how great it's going to be and we're told how great it's going to be, this, this natural body, this natural mind can't fathom it. So we're drawn to this stuff down here. And, and, it, and, and we let it just tear us up. And that's okay because we're natural. We're a natural being. We're supposed to. God made us with emotion. He made us with feelings. He created us that way. But when he, when he saved us and put His Holy Spirit in us, we then have a new being. A being that should be drawn to the things above. A being that should cling to the things above. A being that lives inside of us that now can subdue those old man feelings and emotions and get them in check so that we can live in reality. But the key is salvation. Salvation. The Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. He said, You can go, you can go touch everything he's got. But you can't touch him. You can't touch him. The conversation between God and Satan teaches us an important fact about God. He is fully aware of every attempt by Satan to bring suffering and difficulty upon us. Praise the God. Praise God. Amen. He knows every attempt that Satan has to bring difficulty and sorrow against us. While God may allow us to suffer for a reason beyond our understanding, he is never caught by surprise by our troubles and always is compassionate to his own. Have you ever considered, considered yourself to be His own because you're saved? I have. I want to jump now to verse 20. Then Job arose, tore his robe and shaved his head and fell to the ground and worshipped. He didn't throw a temper tantrum. He didn't go on a pity trip like I would have done. He didn't wring his hands and, and holler what in the world's going on. Now remember, he's just lost all that he had. Possession-wise. He's going to lose more later. With his health and other things. Job did not hide his overwhelming grief. Why? Because he's just a man. We're made to grieve. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to cry to God. Nothing wrong with it. 
He had not lost his faith in God. Instead, his emotion showed that he was human, just like we are. He cried. He wept. Wouldn't you weep for your kids? Of course we would. Job had lost his possessions and family in this first attack and first test. But he reacted rightly toward God by acknowledging God's sovereign authority over everything God had given him. He reacted the right way in acknowledging God is in control. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 22 said, In all this, in all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Oh, what an example in Job. I love Job. I love Job. One of my favorite places in the Bible to read is Job. Each and every one of us have circumstances in our life. And you know as well as I do, some are much much more, much worse than others right now. But what is key as we go through our circumstances is that we keep the right attitudes. And that we lean on the right thing, and that's Jesus. We depend on the right one, and that's the Father. And we understand that, that, that no matter how painful our circumstances are humanly to us, He is in complete control. And He's going to use those circumstances, whether we like it or not, to His glory. To His glory. Circumstances are tough. We've got some right here in our family going through some of the most difficult ones you could go through. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that they, that, that they understand this principle. But I think it's, it's important that we all go back and revisit this. Because as the days get longer and as we draw nearer to the end, we all could be tested in a very difficult manner. In a manner in which we would never consider. And the question is, where, do we, where are we going to turn to? What are we going to turn to? Our own means or God's means? Job turned to God's means. 
And as Job's just gone through this, you th you'd say, well, man, well, that, was a, that was enough of a test. But if you've ever read, uh, read the book of Job, you know it's not over yet. It's just begun. It's just begun. But when you get to the end of Job, you realize that he didn't waver. Yes, he was human and he had, he had emotions and there were thoughts that, that were just human thoughts. Job. I want to be like Job. I don't want to go through what Job went through, but I want to be like Job. Praise God for his means. Praise God that if you are chosen by Him and He has saved you by His grace, you win. There's no other ending for you if you are saved by His grace except victory. Victory. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we come to you once again. Thank you for your example in Scripture in Job. Father, you don't need me to tell you the circumstances or the, the situations in which we exist. You know them better than I do. Father, I ask that you pour out your mercy and grace on this church and these people. Not just these, not, not those that are just here, but your, your people that you still have inhabiting this earth. Pour out your mercy and grace. Whatever is needed to endure the tests and trials and tribulations that are in each life. Whether it be persecution, whether it be illness. Whatever the circumstance may be, Father. Draw each and every one of your people to you. Give them peace in knowing that you have them in your hand. I pray for our praise and worship service on Wednesday night, Father. I ask that it bring honor and glory to You. Lord, use it in a way that You would see fit. I just pray that You would just continue to bless this church. Let us be exactly what You've called us to be. Don't, Father, don't let any, any prideful attitude get in the way. It's not about us. It's all about you. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.